mornings. I'm Chris Oaks. And coming up today, new Liberty Benton Superintendent Bruce Odley discusses preparations for the start of their school year, including the ribbon cutting coming up on a brand new elementary and middle school facility. Also this morning, pass the popcorn. The second annual National Cinema Day is happening this Sunday, celebrating the magic of movies experienced on the big screen. It's week number two of the high school football season. Coach's Corner host John Marshall will give us a preview of the local games. And we've got a collection of back-to-school recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, August 25th, 2023. On a Friday, this story is rather appropriate, jumped out at me on the Newswire this morning. You know, uh, Gen Zers, younger Americans, are drinking less. Uh, Data from Gallup, the poll company, finds that adults between the ages of 18 and 34, young adults, this new generation, have been steadily drinking less since 2001, the, the youngest generation has been drinking less. This has been a trend. Apparently, drinking isn't cool anymore. But what I thought was really interesting about this data is that while younger generations have been drinking less, Americans age 55 and up are actually drinking more. (laughs) So uh, maybe we just can't deal with the fact that the Young kids, these young whippersnappers are drinking less. It's <laughs> driving us to drink more. Uh, this data comes from polls on drinking habits taken uh, between 2001 and 2003, then again 2011 and 2013, and 2021 and 2023. So over the uh, past three decades. Um, those in between, uh, from ages 35 to 54, say they are drinking more than Gen Z and boomers. So they're actually drinking the most. Um, The theory, by the way, as to why younger people are drinking less, it's not because they have some aversion to vice. Quite the opposite. They say an increase in marijuana use is suspected to be... behind, ...behind that. So they just have found a different vice... Anyway, <laughs> if you invite your younger co-workers out for a drink after work today and they decline, you, you know why. So, uh, you know, next week uh, is Labor Day week. We're coming up on the fair, uh, Hancock County Fair, the final big weekend of the summer. Before you know it, the holiday travel season will be upon us. There will be some folks who will be traveling next week uh, to take advantage of the last opportunity of the summer to travel, and then we get into the holiday season. When you get to the holidays this year, it uh, looks like you may have one less option to book your trip for Thanksgiving or Christmas if American Airlines has its way. They have filed a lawsuit against Skip Lagged. That is a website that claims to save money for airline passengers by exploiting layover price loopholes, um, sometimes called hidden city ticketing. The practice involves buying a ticket 
from one city to another while actually planning to stay in the layover city instead of making the whole trip. For example, if you were to fly from, let's say, Detroit to L.A. uh, with a stopover in, I don't know, say Phoenix, but the flight from Detroit to L.A. with a stopover in Phoenix is cheaper than a direct flight from Detroit to Phoenix, you would skip lag, you would buy the hidden city fare to L.A. and just skip the last leg, get off the plane in Phoenix and not board the last leg of the trip and save yourself some money. The airline is threatening to cancel tickets sold through the website skiplagged.com. This is what they do. They specialize in finding those hidden city uh, discounts. Um Americans sued the website back in 2014, so almost 10 years ago, but that case was thrown out. Um, Now they have filed a new lawsuit. They also are suing a similar travel hacking firm called Kiwi. And uh, it's not necessarily illegal to do this, but it does violate airline rules. Virtually all of the airlines have rules against this, and uh, they want these... Uh, skip lagging passengers to they want them off their planes these hidden city fares are costing them money because the second leg of the trip is uh, the the planes are not full and uh, they're not getting the full fare to the intended destination so it's a big mess and see where that goes it's kind of interesting it's long been a thorn in the side of the uh, airlines and they're cracking down By the way, speaking of travel, this is kind of interesting. A small town in northern Minnesota has been named the best small lake town in the U.S. I think, didn't we have a a story a while back about the best ocean towns, the best beach towns? Yeah, the most expensive. That's what it was, the most expensive uh, beach towns. Uh, So going to the lakeshore can maybe be a little bit less expensive than going to the ocean and it's still near the water and you can still have just as much fun. It's still as picturesque and as scenic. Uh, Travelandleisure.com uh, says Grand Marais, Minnesota uh, is the, it's on the shore of Lake Superior, uh, is the best small lake town in the U.S. Combines a seaside vibe with offerings that make it Minnesota's artsiest town, uh, also recognized for its variety of uh, delicious food choices, great restaurants, outdoor activities, and lack of off-season crowds. So that kind of caught my eye. Uh, If you want to go someplace where maybe it's not quite as busy, not quite as packed, uh, lack of off-season, although now that they're in the spotlight, they may see more off-season crowds, but uh, it's about two hours northeast of Duluth, in Minnesota, Grand Marais. Uh, so, make note of that. Kind of interesting. Uh, this is important news. I uh, saw this on the uh, Newswire. Bags of frozen vegetables sold nationwide being recalled because they might be contaminated with listeria. Um, these are bags of mixed vegetables and sweet corn that were sold at close to 4,000 Kroger and Food Lion grocery stores and supermarkets. FDA has posted a full list of the affected lot numbers on its website. So if you bought frozen mixed vegetables, 
frozen sweet corn at Kroger recently, you want to uh, check those. There have been no illnesses tied to it, but you want to uh, check those. Uh, And um, speaking of uh, healthy foods, the state of California, the state of California, this is the latest uh, brilliant idea out of uh, uh, California. They are trying to combat chronic illness with what they call food prescriptions. Not the kind of prescriptions, apparently, where you go to the doctor and they write you a prescription for a medicine. They have a food prescription where this new program delivers healthy food depending on your chronic condition. The healthiest foods for your chronic condition. For example, those with diabetes can sign up to receive veggies, chicken, quinoa, and other nutritious foods bi-weekly. And apparently this is a a big hit because who doesn't like free stuff? But it just raises the question again, who's paying for all of this? I understand the argument that they're going to make that it is actually saving money because you uh, reduce the cost of treating chronic illness. But I don't think it's the insurance companies that will be paying for these quote-unquote food prescriptions. They're the ones that are paying the money for the treatment of chronic illness. It's the state, I think, that's paying for the food prescriptions, and they're not paying for chronic. And I just, I just, I just, the the math doesn't add up uh, on that. But anyway, that's what they're doing. That's the latest out of uh, California food prescriptions. Um, <laughs> I saw this story on the uh, Newswire. Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. You remember the story? I guess it's been about a week ago now. <laughs> That we kind of uh, chuckled about the uh, the CEO of Zoom is now demanding that employees return to the office. Uh, <laughs> maybe the era of remote work and, and Zoom meetings is officially over when Zoom itself uh, wants their employees back in the office. Well, the latest follow-up on this, the CEO of Zoom, Eric Yuan, uh, actually went a step further and said... Uh, Let's see, they they want employees who live within 50 miles of one of their offices to work in person at least twice a week. He said uh, in a leaked audio from a Zoom meeting, he says, we cannot have a great conversation on Zoom. We cannot debate each other well because everyone tends to be very friendly when you join a Zoom call. So they're, you're too friendly with your coworkers <laughs> when you're on Zoom, is what they discover, and that's not a good thing. Oh, imagine that. Everybody at work getting along with each other. We can't have that. <laughs> we can't have that. What in the world's going on? <laughs> anyway. And lastly, here among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day speaking of uh, technology companies, the world's biggest tech companies, uh, including Zoom and Amazon and Apple, Google, Meta, Microsoft, Snapchat, TikTok, and many others. World's biggest tech companies now have to follow a sweeping new European law that takes effect today. The Digital Services Act from the European Union covers everything from social media moderation to targeted advertising and cracking down on counterfeit goods in e-commerce. The law is aimed at concerns that tech critics have raised in recent years, including the spread of misinformation and disinformation on social media, the potential harm 
to mental health, particularly for young people, a lack of transparency online, who's really posting what and why, and those illegal or fake products on virtual marketplaces. So sweeping new law in Europe taking effect today. Going to be hearing about that through the uh, through the course of the next uh, few weeks, I'm sure. So there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Becoming partly sunny today with a high in the mid-80s. Partly cloudy tonight, uh, low in the upper 60s. The driver of the minivan involved in a crash with an elementary school bus near Springfield earlier in the week that left one student dead and more than 20 injured is now facing a criminal charge. 35-year-old Armanio Joseph is charged with felony vehicular homicide. The state patrol says a bus from Northwestern local schools was headed west on Route 41 near Springfield Tuesday morning when a minivan driven by Joseph went left of center while traveling east. The bus driver tried to avoid a head-on crash, but the vehicles did collide. One child died after being thrown from the bus while 23 others were injured. Joseph is currently being held in the Clark County Jail. Eric Brown, ONN News. Several lawmakers attended a manufacturing roundtable discussion in Finley. Tim Eiley is director of the Center for Advanced Manufacturing. We had nine legislators there that have believed in what we're doing, recognized the uniqueness of the partnership between the three schools. I want them to see in action and hear from business what we're doing. So so it's really good for the Center for them to come and hear that of what we're working through. The Center for Advanced Manufacturing is a partnership between the University of Finley, Bowling Green State University, and Owens Community College. Get more in this story on our website. An attorney in the Cleveland suburb of Shaker Heights has been convicted of voter fraud after voting in both the 2020 and 2022 general elections. 56-year-old James Saunders cast ballots in Ohio and Florida, where he has another home. The former IRS attorney argued it was all an accident, but prosecutors said he did the same thing in 2014 and 2016, but couldn't be charged because of the statute of limitations. Saunders is a registered Republican in Florida, and now he faces up to three years in prison. He'll be sentenced on Monday. I'm Stephanie Haney. Liberty Benton Local Schools will be holding a grand opening celebration for their new elementary middle school. The event on Monday will include food, music, and walkthroughs of the new school and the renovated high school. The first day of school in Liberty Benton Local Schools this year will be Tuesday, September 5th. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So our cover story this morning... New Liberty Benton Superintendent Bruce Otley is with us via Zoom this morning to talk about preparations for the start of their school year, including the big ribbon cutting, which is coming up next week on their brand new elementary and middle school facility. And Mr. Otley, thanks very much for uh, taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Well, good morning, Chris, and good morning, Liberty Bend Nation. It's a great day to be in Eagle. You, like I said, new to the role of superintendent, um, settling into the, the, I guess, uh, flow of things and and, uh, all of that. uh, Talk about uh, taking over the role as uh, top dog at uh, Liberty Benton. Well, it's truly a blessing to continue to serve the community that I love. Uh, this will be my 18th year at Liberty Benton. 
but my first year as superintendent. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a little bit different dynamic uh, than, you know, some of the other uh, recent leadership changes that we've seen in, in area districts in that you are not new to the district itself. Does that make the transition a little bit easier, a little bit smoother for yourself and for all involved? Absolutely. Um, in the last four years, I've been boots to the ground with the new build for our beautiful brand new pre-K-8, as well as all the renovations at the high school. And certainly knowing our staff and our community and knowing them well uh, has made the transition um, very easy. And of course, the highlight of the new school year will be the grand opening of that new uh, facility for the elementary and middle school. As anyone in the district knows, and I think pretty much anyone in the area knows, this has been a long time coming in getting this new facility done. Yes, we're just so, so blessed that our community said yes to our students and yes to education back in May of 2019. And Chad Stevers and his team with Gilbane have built us a beautiful pre-K-8 building and did an excellent job with the renovations that were completed last summer at our high school. And uh, we are so, so excited uh, to launch that new building and unveil it, as well as the renovations to our high school and, and our whole campus on August 28th at our ribbon cutting ceremony. The ribbon cutting will be 5.45 p.m., and the dedication ceremony will be at 6.15 in the new auditorium. And uh, understand that folks will have a chance to walk through and see this new facility uh, that they've seen, that they've watched being constructed over the past year and a half or so. That's right, Chris. Uh, it'll be an open house format beginning at 4 o'clock and lasting until 8 o'clock. Okay. Uh, we'll have food trucks here for our families to enjoy. The air inflatables will be in our field house. The Romic Railway will be here for kids to take fun train rides. Um, and it's just going to be a fantastic event. So what are some of the highlights, some of the most exciting things that people are going to see with this new facility? Well, we're certainly proud of the new auditorium space, which was an LFI that our community very strongly said that they wanted mm -hmm. uh, way back in May of 2019. Um, and I, I think they'll be quite pleased with the end result. But, but honestly, Chris, the entire building is just beautifully done. And I think when folks get inside it and uh, peruse the hallways, look at the classrooms, uh, they're really going to like it. Um, you actually, before being elevated to leadership uh, at the uh, the administration at the at the district level actually uh, spent some time at the middle school levels uh, with the uh, with the old uh, facility so you know as as well or even better than most just how big of an upgrade this is from the facility that you are moving out of what are you and as as an administrator and uh, the teachers themselves most excited about the uh, about this new facility that it will allow you to do and that uh, will be an upgrade for the staff and students alike? Wow, so many things. So um, first and foremost is space. Uh, the other building, uh, the classroom sizes were just not appropriately spaced, especially for uh, the needs of today's learners. Um, also, I remember uh, the 13 years being middle school principal, I would arrive early and go home late. And so, you know what that means in Ohio uh, you, you go to work when it's dark and you leave when it's dark. And there really wasn't a lot of natural light whatsoever in that building. So mm -hmm. you hardly ever saw the sun. And I think uh, 
people will be struck with just the amount of natural light that permeates the building. Um, also the technology, my goodness, um, as well as uh, just advancements in security for the safety and well-being of our staff as well as our, our student body. Uh, you mentioned space, and that is always uh, a, a bit of a challenge for districts of all sizes is uh, right-sizing those facilities when you construct new facilities, uh, not going too big uh, and, and increasing expenses too much, but also at the same time planning for the future. How big of a challenge is that uh, for a district like Liberty Benton that has seen uh, quite a bit of growth in recent years to make sure that you have a facility that is going to hopefully last as long as the last one did? Well, the classrooms are appropriately sized um, to, to house easily 25 students, and, and we're not quite at that capacity right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the room to grow. Uh, you know, most of the classrooms are 810 square feet or larger or larger. Um, and there are five classrooms per grade level. Uh, so we're well equipped for today and well into the future in terms of growth. And, and again, as we mentioned, the uh, ribbon cutting ceremony is on Monday and a lot of things that are going on uh, surrounding that, not just uh, highlighting the new elementary middle school facility, uh, but also, as you mentioned, renovations at the high school. What uh, will folks see that is new uh, at the high school? Well, I think they'll immediately be struck with our learning commons area. It was beautifully done. Uh, we used to have the cafetorium. Uh, and that uh, sloped floor has now been leveled. It's mm-hmm. actually the same height as the cafeteria and what used to be our old stage. And we were very strategic uh, when we were looking at those renovations to repurpose our old library, relocate that library to what used to be the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allowed for us to add additional classrooms as well. And again, uh, the new auditorium and the new facility allowing you to do uh, all of those uh, upgrades and changes at the existing high school. And of course, this also moves all of the operations to a single campus location, even though the old middle school and elementary school was just down the road from the high school. Uh, how important is that and how uh, significant is having everything I- in one spot? Well, we're just so excited that all of our eagles are kind of in the same nest right now. Um, (laughs) As it were. Yeah, and uh, what that does for us is it it really allows us once again to have some of our older students interacting and working with our younger students, mentoring, reading, et cetera, et cetera. And it also allows us to share staff more strategically because it's just a short walk between buildings now. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, most of our specials teachers, our musics, our arts, et cetera, et cetera, are shared uh, between grade levels. And whereas before, you know, we had to build time in our schedule to allow for them to commute between uh, the County Road 9 campus and the State Route 12 campus, and now it's just a short walk away. Yeah. Uh, Before we let you go, I do want to ask you a question uh, because it has come up in the news uh, just this week, and this is on a a different uh, subject entirely. Certainly by now, uh, you have heard, as we all have, uh, the tragedy uh, that occurred uh, outside of Springfield with the the, uh, school district where a bus accident tragically claimed the life of an elementary school student. 
and uh, much has been made about the idea in the aftermath of that accident um, about equipping school uh, school buses with seat belts. And I know this has been uh, something that has been debated uh, for many, many years. What are your thoughts on the idea of equipping uh, school buses with uh, seat belts? Is that a good idea? Well, as school buses are built currently, there's really no safer way to send your student to school than on a school bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the buses are designed, the seat height and the the, uh, the distance between seats and the seat construction themselves actually are designed to keep students in their place. Um, you know, when it comes to the topic of student safety, certainly I'm open to um, anything that might enhance or uh provide more protection uh, for our students. And and I guess that would include the seatbelt topic. Uh, that is certainly something we are likely to hear more about uh, in the wake of that tragic accident earlier this week. So ready to go for the first uh, day of school to be uh, right after uh, Labor Day. And again, the uh, ribbon cutting this coming Monday. Uh, Bruce Otley, news superintendent at uh, Liberty Benton Local Schools with us this morning. Mr. Otley, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Hey, Go Eagle Nation and fly high tonight. Here is uh, to a, a good new school year. Well, in case you haven't heard, the Cinema Foundation has announced the return of National Cinema Day coming to a theater near you this Sunday, August 27th. It is a day for movie fans to celebrate the magic of films experienced on the big screen. And Brian Bronlick is executive director of the Cinema Foundation. Last year, Brian, I understand that this was the, the, the first National Cinema Day was the most attended day of the year for theater operators. So clearly that message of celebrating the power of the movies to bring us together is one that resonated with fans. Absolutely. We couldn't wait to bring back National Cinema Day again. We had over 8.1 million moviegoers go to the movies on a single day last year. And we expect that many and many more to attend our theaters on Sunday, August 27th, where all tickets, all showtime, all formats, is just $4. So why is it that movie going is such an important, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, communal experience for Americans? What is it about the movies? Well, first off, you know, I think we're all tired of sitting on our couches. Um, and we want to connect with people. And, you know, in, in the theater, you, you, you don't laugh alone on your couch. You laugh with people in a theater. You cry with people in a the theater. You, you have that empathy that we are all watching the same story on the big screen. And uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And you create memories. I know I'm doing that with my kids. I remember growing up, my family taking me to the movies. And, you know, those are the moments I remember. I don't remember what I watched on the couch last night. Now, the industry is not without its challenges, certainly, coming off of COVID, uh, which I know is a very difficult time. Of course, now you've got labor issues in Hollywood that who knows how long those will last and how that will play out. And then, of course, all the other entertainment options that people have. How challenging is it to be a cinema operator these days? Well, I think, you know, when studios make movies that are, that are meant for theaters, Look at what happened this summer with Barbie and Oppenheimer. People were going through double features, two different types of movies, and, you know, embracing it. I, I mean, it, when there are movies in our theaters, 
there's something magical. Sound of Freedom has been fantastic for theaters as well, bringing a different audiences. When you have a diverse slate, you know, there's, there's nothing like that, that theater experience. And, you know, as long as there's content for our theaters, moviegoers will attend. So, as you mentioned, $4 admission for movies across the board, and that's every release out there, right? Yes, with over 30 uh, movies in the marketplace, some new releases like Gran Turismo, which I was lucky enough to see a, a sneak peek of, and it's, it's an exciting racing uh, movie uh, to, you know, dramas like Golda and The Hills, the springbacks of, you know, Jurassic Park in 3D and American Graffiti. You also have, you know, the summer blockbusters like Barbie Oppenheimer, Blue Beetle, uh, you know, Haunted Mansion, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, the, the slate is endless. And, you know, I say I challenge people to not only do a double feature, but maybe a triple feature. I'll probably be at the movies from eight in the morning until eight at night <laughs> uh, with my family. Uh, it'll be a babysitting day at the movie. <laughs> uh, and, and as you mentioned, uh, and, and just going through some of those titles, such an incredibly diverse uh, lineup of uh, of movies that are out there right now uh, that are all in their own way uh, very popular. I mean, you always have like the you know the art house type of, uh, of movies, the ones that you know Oscar loves, the Academy loves. But then you know a lot of these titles that you were just mentioning are those. Um, popular type, you know, high energy or, or, you know, mass appeal. That's the word I'm looking for. Mass appeal uh, uh, titles that, and there's just wealth of them out there right now. And, you know, I think that, you know, to your earlier question, look, I mean, there's so many opportunities for people to find something that they love, you know, whether it is the art house, you know, I know, um, Asteroid City is coming back, a Wes Anderson film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Golda's a more independent film. Right. And then you have Barbie, which has gone, <laughs> you know, over a billion dollars worldwide. Right. I mean, there is really well-known IP as well as news stories to, uh, to get, you know, audiences excited about spending the day in the theater. And, you know, the weather's unpredictable around the country, whether it's <laughs> raining or massively hot. There you go. Go to the theater. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so $4 admission across the board. What theaters are participating uh, in our area? Sure, with over, you know, 30,000 screens and 3,000 locations across the country, uh, go visit nationalcinemaday.org, and you can find your local listings of which movie theaters are participating in National Cinema Day. And make sure you buy your tickets early. One thing we learned last year is, you know, people showed up like used to back in the day. Or just I'm going to the movies today. Well, then they got to the theater and, you know, the movie they wanted to see was sold out. So you can buy those tickets online early. Uh, and, and I recommend you do it. And as you were mentioning, uh, it, you're not just limited to one. You can make it an entire day at the movies. Uh, Brian Bronlick, again, is executive director of the Cinema Foundation. Second annual National Cinema Day coming up on Sunday. And mention again the website where folks can get more information about this. Absolutely. Go to nationalcinemaday.org. Brian, thanks very much for taking the time. We'll see you at the movies. See you at the movies, Chris. Have a good one. I'm John Marshall with this high school football preview. The Blanchard Valley Conference and Northwest Conference have an on-league crossover this week. Arlington is at Allen East. Liberty Benton travels to Columbus Grove. Macomb entertains Convoy Crestview. 
Riverdale hosts Ada, Van Buren travels to Lipsick, and Pandora Gilboa is at Bluffton. Pirate coach Jeff Richards on the Rockets. Coach Hershey, his skill players this year are phenomenal. You know, their quarterback, he's a sophomore, but he doesn't play like a typical sophomore. He's got a lot, a really strong arm, a lot of confidence in it, and I think he has uh, the two best tandem receivers that we'll see all season uh, in, in uh, number one and number ten. You know, they're phenomenal players. As a quarterback, if you know the two guys you're throwing it to are going to give you a shot to come down with it, you got a lot of confidence there. So, you know, we've got to be ready for that in the passing game. They do a great job, and they also do a pretty good job in the run game as well. You can catch the game tonight on 100.5 WKXA and WKXA.com. Pre-game is at 635. The only other Northwest Conference game is Delphus Jefferson hosting Ayersville. Other BBC teams in action, Arcadia taking on Lakota, and a rivalry game with Elmwood and Eastwood in the Battle of the Woods. Another rivalry sees the non-conference action as the Finley Trojans make the trip to Lima Spartan Stadium to take on Lima Senior. Finley coach Stefan Adams. Our seniors, our leaders, those guys have grabbed the group and said, hey, listen, no time to bring, hang our heads. That's how I know we're heading in the right direction. You know, we're expecting them to lean on their athletes. You know, Lima's uh, historically known for a lot of studs. It's going to be a good, tough matchup for us and a good opportunity for us to show what we can do. You can catch the Trojans meeting the Spartans tonight at 6.30 on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. Other non-conference action in the NLL, Anthony Wayne visits St. John's, it's Bowling Green at Faustoria, Clay at Sylvania Northview, Fremont Ross goes to Sandusky, Napoleon is at Liberty Center, Sylvania Southview travels to Wait, and it's Springfield hosting Rogers. The Western Buckeye League starts league play tonight as Ottawa Glendorf is at Kenton. That game on our sister station 106.3 The Fox and 106.3TheFox.com. Pre-game at 6.30. Other WBL matchups. Bath is at Fan Work. Salina entertains St. Mary's. Defiance hosts Wapakoneta. And Elida is at Shawnee. Once again, the game's on our Blanchard River Broadcasting Stations. Ottawa Glendorf at Kenton on 106.3 The Fox. Finley at Lima Sr. on WFIN, and at 635 on WKXA, it's Pandora Gilboa at Bluffton. For Good Mornings, I'm John Marshall, WFIN Sports. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Well, you talk about uh, odd and unusual, the odd and unusual side of the news. The Seattle Police Department said officers responded to a bizarre home invasion about 1130 a.m., I guess, uh... When was this? A couple of days ago? Was it yesterday? A couple of days ago? Happened about 8, uh, 1130 in the morning. So it's not in the middle of the night or anything. This is 1130 a.m. Christopher Michael Abbott allegedly climbed into a window, rummaged through the kitchen, and helped him t- himself to some leftover pizza and chips, all while muttering to himself. <laughs> but that's not the weirdest part. It gets more bizarre. By the time police arrived, the suspect was in the garage, seated in the homeowner's car, drinking from a gasoline can. All right. Police took him into custody uh, and had to uh, render 
medical aid, medical aid after he began to uh, to vomit, you know, drinking from a gas can. That'll I'll do that. Apparently, the daughter of the homeowner, 17-year-old daughter of the homeowner, was at home when the intruder broke in. She hid, like, in the bedroom while the whole thing was going on. Nobody hurt. <laughs> it's just weird. This is one of the most bizarre home invasions I think I've ever heard. Everybody's okay. Even uh, Mr. Rabbit. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, again, very odd uh, here. Item out of Memphis. Man is facing charges after police say he opened fire inside of an Uber. Tyrus Ernest was a passenger in the car. At one point, he reportedly pulled out a gun and demanded the driver's phone, debit card, and ATM pin. He then fired a warning shot into the floor of the vehicle before running away. Police were eventually able to track Mr. Ernest down after he reportedly used the victim's card to withdraw nearly $2,500. He is facing several charges, including firearms, theft, aggravated kidnapping, and more. Man. I make you never want to be an Uber driver. You know, that's... Wow. A woman in Sonora, California, facing criminal charges after allegedly attacking her daughter over a credit card purchase. Police say the daughter called 911 while her mother was giving her the business. Authorities say the family was arguing over a credit card purchase for food. The mother was arrested on multiple charges, including child endangerment. Uh, Don't know how old the daughter was, but... Not Mother of the Year. This is kind of uh, bizarre. Uh, The uh, nation of Austria is offering a unique incentive to encourage people to use public transportation. Uh, They are offering a year of free public transit to any individual who opts in to getting a tattoo with the uh, word... Klima ticket, which is the moniker of the country's nationwide transit program. This is a story in Euronews. The promotion was championed by Leonor Gewessler, uh, Austria's climate minister, who herself showcased a temporary tattoo at the recent frequency festival in St. Polten in Austria. The uh, scheme's tattoo parlor... Uh, bearing the slogan, Action Get Under Die Hot, I think is how you pronounce it. Action that gets under your skin. Uh, emerged at various summer events. So they had the tattoo artist there on site at this festival to anyone who wanted to take advantage of the offer. A year of free public transportation to uh, anyone who got the uh, tattoo of the slogan of the country's uh, transit program. Um, While the campaign has drawn criticism from some, it has spurred interest with about six festival goers participating in the unique offer. Here's the the thing. You only get a year of free transit for a permanent 
tattoo. I mean, if you're going to do that, at least give people lifetime uh, free public transit. You know what I mean? I mean, the... I don't think there's any way in the world that I would do something like that. But apparently a handful of people have, so... And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, actually kind of a light day for the uh, broken news, but uh, this is uh, rather interesting. Another, we talked about the guy who was drinking from a gas can. Here's another uh, case of somebody doing things that they really shouldn't do with gasoline. A woman in Missouri, actually, yeah, I guess there is gasoline involved in this. Woman in Missouri is facing, but it wasn't the accelerant in this case. Woman is facing charges of arson after she started a house fire with a spicy Doritos chip. (laughs) She started a house fire with a spicy Doritos chip. Police responded to the scene after reports of smoke emanating from the rear of the home. Um, Witnesses claim that Patricia Williams, age 42 ignited the blaze by dousing some clothes in the laundry room with gasoline and then using a flaming Takis tortilla chip as the ignition source. Fortunately, (laughs) a spicy tortilla chip was the ignition source. The other individuals present in the house while this was going on Uh, managed to escape unharmed surveillance footage from a local gas station revealed that Ms. Williams did indeed purchase the gasoline to start the fire. Court records indicate that she confessed to deliberately setting the blaze, citing the flammable nature of the chips due to their high grease uh, content. (laughs) She lit the grease on fire of the chip and then use that to uh, to start the fire. Um, Ms. Williams was uh, apprehended and faces charges of first degree arson. And this is her not not her first run in with this. Uh, earlier this month, she also had a fire starting episode at a, a nearby residence in Greene County, Missouri. Uh, she has been detained for multiple counts of arson and other outstanding warrants. So, a fine, upstanding citizen, she. <laughs> Fire with a flaming tortilla chip. I know they advertise flaming hot, but that's not what they really mean. That's not the, the way they mean for that to be taken literally. There you go, uh, some of the broken news today, the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. 
And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. As we mentioned earlier, Sunday is National Cinema Day. Discount movie tickets and uh, and all of that. And so in conjunction with that, new survey out of 2,000 movie fans finds that Americans, when they go to the movies, they gotta have hot buttered popcorn. Salty hot buttered popcorn is the number one snack at the movies. That is probably not a surprise, but you uh, dig a little bit deeper. Um, and I thought some of the results, state by state results, were kind of interesting. For example, in Nevada, they like their popcorn with movies, but they prefer um, sweet popcorn uh, as opposed to salty popcorn in Nevada. Um, of the states where popcorn wasn't the most popular snack, and by the way, it was like 45 out of the 50 states that popcorn is the number one thing you got to have when you go to the movies. But of the states where popcorn was not the most popular snack, Wyoming, um, they picked Junior Mints as the top snack. Um, Delaware was Reese's Pieces. Vermont, um, it was kind of a, a tie, three-way tie. Skittles. Twizzlers and soft pretzels in Vermont. And movie fans in Kansas will snack on Reese's Pieces and Junior Mints, or the preferred movie snacks. And I get it, all of those candies are great too, but you gotta have popcorn, right? I would have to think the popcorn would have to be a close second, even in those states. The drink of choice to wash down that popcorn, 43 states said Coca-Cola, uh, let's see here. Montana is torn between Coke and Dr. Pepper. Um, let's see here. In New Hampshire, 7-Up is the number one drink choice of moviegoers, at least in this survey. And in Delaware and in Utah, <laughs> water is the preferred drink. Weirdos. They're drinking water with their popcorn to the movies. Um, to be fair, Arkansas was a tie between soda, soft drinks, and, uh, and water. But that's just weird. That's what it should be. By the way, uh, the national average price of a movie ticket, $10.53. On average nationwide, we spend $16.43 at the concession stand. Ohio actually comes in a little under that. We spend $14.08 in Ohio on average at the concession stand when we go to the movies. And Mississippi spends the most at the concession stand with a total of $23.81 per person. Once again, to wrap up the week, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio this morning with another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning. Good morning. All bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as always (laughs) here on this Friday morning. And this has been a week of back to school. Of course, Finley City yep. School students uh, return to class this week. Uh, for yep. the county schools, it's going to be another week or so because right. they got to get through the fair. Yep. After Labor Day, they'll be returning. But all the students are going to be back in yep. school here before too long. And 
As any parent knows, schedules get incredibly busy with all of the uh, fall sports activities yeah. and school-related extracurriculars. Yep. And, you know, going open, house. open houses. You're gonna yep. have you know homework. Uh, yeah. You know that you got to work everything yep. in. You know, so just, just schedules are crazy. Yeah. It gets a little crazy I for don't families. Miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As empty nesters, it is one of the things that we do not, do not miss. miss. Um, but for families with uh, school-age kids, yep. it can be crazy and. Get Getting dinner on the table can be a uh, bit of a challenge yeah, with yeah. all of those uh, things. So to help families out with some recipes here that are really yummy, that the yep. kids will love, yep. and that are easy and quick. And I know the recipes that we feature are always, you know, easy and quick or try yeah. some of the things we that try we try, we try and, and highlight yeah. anyway, or, but especially... Or something you can make ahead. Yeah. So this is a back-to-school edition of yeah. uh, recipes from Kyra's Kitchen, and we begin with something that actually... Uh, at first glance, you wouldn't think is necessarily a big kid-friendly yeah. back-to-school yeah. thing by the name, but it really is yummy. Yeah. Uh, an Italian crescent pie. Yes. So it's one pound ground beef, a ha- ground beef, a half an onion chopped, garlic, salt, and Italian seasoning to taste, a half a cup of zucchini, and that's shredded. So the kids aren't even going to know it's in there. Yeah. Because it's shredded. So if your kids it, are yes. zucchini-phobic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> one cup of crushed tomatoes, one can of refrigerated crescent rolls, and one and a half cups of shredded Italian cheese blend, about six ounces. So brown the the ground beef in a skillet, add your onions, your diced zucchini, your garlic salt, Italian seasoning, and cook until everything is soft and brown. Brown, and then stir in your crushed tomatoes. Uh, separate your d- dough into eight triangles. Place the dough in an ungreased nine-inch glass pie plate because it's going to be round. Um, so it's going to, and you're going to be doing the 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 spoke pattern. Okay. Um, so so you you could use an eight by eight pan you know square pan but yeah. you're not going to have that that spoke the pie yeah, yeah. so if you don't have a pie plate you could do it you're just probably the design's going to be a little bit different <laughs> just so, look different yeah so with the narrow tips uh overlapping the rim so you want the wide tips down uh at the bottom of your your pie plate on so your yeah on your yeah. crescent rolls yes is, and they're going to okay. overlap gotcha yes okay. so and then you're going to put those around the circle mm-hmm. um and then press into the sides and the bottom to form the crust right then spoon the entire meat mixture into the pan top it through cheese and then you're going to toll because your tips are going to be overlapping you're going to fold those in fold those over and then it's going to sort of look like a wheel so okay okay gotcha okay, okay. bake at 350 for about 25 minutes and done there you go so so the italian crescent pie yes it's a uh, fun recipe yes and uh again about a half hour, mm-hmm. you got dinner on the table. Yep. Uh, also have a recipe here for mac and cheese bites. Yes. Now, this is uh, certainly one of those oh, kid-friendly kid type of yeah. recipes. Yes. So the mac and cheese bites, it's one cup of macaroni, two tablespoons of butter, two tablespoons of all-purpose flour, a half a cup of milk, and one and a half cups of cheddar cheese shredded. So cook your ma- uh, macaroni according to the package, um, your directions, set that aside, melt the butter in a medium a uh, size saucepan, add in the flour, let that simmer for a minute, kind of get a little golden brown. Slowly add your milk. I warm up my milk in the microwave just a little bit just to get it lukewarm. And that helps that uh, form thicken quicker. Okay. Um, so, because right. uh, you're not warming up or you're not 
the milk isn't cold. So yeah. it just have like at room speeds temperature. The, yeah, it speeds up. So I warm it up just so for a just, few minutes. Yeah, just warming it up yep. enough to be room yes, temperature. room temperature. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Stir until the, melted. Uh, then add, or I'm sorry, I skipped a spot. So slowly add in your milk. Let it simmer for a few more minutes until it's bubbly. Add in uh, one cup of shredded cheese and stir until melted. Uh, then in that, then add in your macaroni and stir to cover and let it cool. Uh, to make the bites, so you could actually have macaroni and cheese if you have it left over or whatever. You could use that also for this recipe. Okay. So you don't have right. to. You mean you don't have to make the mac and cheese so, the so night you before? Have mac and right. cheese leftovers. Yeah. yeah. So to make the bite, bites, preheat your oven to three hundred seventy-five degrees. Uh, generously spray uh, mini muffin pans with nonstick. Cooking spray, scoop one tablespoon of your mac and cheese into each muffin tin, top with some of your shredded cheese, bake for 15 minutes or on cheeses until the cheese is melted. Let cool for about 10 minutes and then remove from the pan. If you need to, you can run a knife around it to remove them. If they don't, um, you can, uh, they're easy to store. You can store them overnight mm-hmm. if you want to warm them up the next day. So this is one of those... The, yeah. meals that you could prep it many many ways um to make it quick for yeah. you and for you and your family exactly always yep. have it ready yep so yep. the mac and cheese bites uh, yes. are definitely uh, one to highlight there and for dessert uh we have uh oreo cheesecake yes. bites this is one of uh my favorites and so easy and i love taking it places and it's just a good one. enjoying it yeah, yeah. If you gotta bring a dish yeah if you're if you gonna bring a dish things. or yep. enjoy it home you can pop a couple out of the fridge so <laughs> so you'd have 22 oreos uh take six of them six of them and chop them up into small pieces 16 ounces of cream cheese softened half a cup of granulated sugar one half a teaspoon of vanilla extract two eggs and half a cup of sour cream okay so preheat your oven to 325 degrees Place cupcake uh, paper liners into each of your muffin tin pans. Add one Oreo cookie into each paper cup. Set that aside. Then uh, add your softened cream cheese and sugar to a medium mixing bowl. Beat on medium speed using an electric mixer. Add your vanilla and your egg. Mix well. Make sure there's no lumps. Mm-hmm. Add your, your sour cream. Mix until combined. Then kind of tap your bowl. Uh, on the countertop, that kind of just makes sure that you you don't have any large bubbles or anything like that uh, with it being a cream cheese. Um, then fold each one of those. Um, uh, I use like a cookie scoop and put a, a cookie scoop of into each one of the cups that has an Oreo in it. Okay. Okay. So, so scoop of scoop, the cheesecake scoop of mixture, mixture into each on one of those. top of the Oreos mm-hmm. in the, yep. uh, uh, yep. in the cupcake, yep. uh, in the cupcake tin. Yeah. Um, so you're going to fold in your Oreos then, and then, um, and, and then you can either sprinkle your Oreos on top, or if you want, you could combine your Oreos right into your batter. I mean, either way you, you want to do it, either way, um, whatever's easiest for you. Um, then put your cook or your you batter. don't have to do that part. No, I mean, yeah, no, you don't you know, even have to. If you don't want to put Oreos if the Oreo in it, at the, at the yeah. bottom, if the Oreo yeah. in the base is enough, is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which go. I've done that too. I mm-hmm. really like that. So, yeah. so then um, you're going to. Um, I tap my um, cookies. Are I tap my pan 
again to kind of get the bubbles out. And then you're going to bake at 325 for probably about uh, 20, 25 minutes. Then you're going to want them to coat after they come out, let them completely cool before you take them out of the tin and then refrigerate. Yeah. So, and enjoy. Yeah. Really uh, easy. Actually, yep. uh, a lot easier than maybe what it sounds. Yes. On those, yes. But, uh, but they are yummy. The yeah. uh, Oreo cheesecake bites along with the mac and cheese bites and the Italian crescent pie. Your yes. back to school easy meal recipes there uh, for you this week. You've got all of those uh, recipes posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, right? Yep. At Kyra's Kitchen WFIN for those recipes and uh, for any uh, of the other ones that you uh, hear. They're all uh, posted there each week. And so make sure that you like uh, Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page. Yes. Uh, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net our little corner of the World Wide Web. You can also connect with us on social media, sign up for our daily email newsletter, and more. Again, goodmornings.net. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.